Uh, Rob, Rob, uh, let's, for cold open purposes, can you, you tell us about like your adventures on Fryavela, uh, um, fucking Facebook? I don't know why mm-hmm. you guys. I I already posted about this <laughs> that we're not making this a thing, but you guys went against my wishes, and I don't yeah. appreciate. <laughs> this. Well, you're, not- you're making decrees about what is and isn't a thing is exactly what the Fryavela are standing against. Okay. <laughs> I I was I was Gretchen, whatever the hell her name was, and Mean Girls, yes. are are a movement of accountants who want to be sovereign citizens but can't because they're too much of a nerd so (laughs) they came up with the the idea of Freie Wähler and they're going to take back Germany uh, one Bundesland at a time (laughs) they're starting with the tiniest one Rheinland-Pfalz come on guys (laughs) (laughs) I knew it yeah I, I'm so glad we decided to refer to the German states by their German names because the amount of times I read the English name for Rhineland Faults, I just keep wanting to say Rhineland Palestine. And I'm just like, that's, that's not right. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's not free right. free Rhineland Palestine. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what they keep going on about. Yeah. Do you yeah. hear any other parties addressing this at the <laughs> national level? No, but the Freie Wähler <laughs> are. Especially their fearless leader, Joachim Streit. He will take the Streit all the way to the Bundestag. <laughs> Boo. Imagine, like, nonsensical <laughs> nonsensical local Freyavela uh, um, TV ads of just like I'm hair strike and I'll strike for you <laughs> it's just like what what dude um, he does something in all his photos there's like 20 photos of this at least of him posing with a binder and I don't know what's in the binder um, mm. But I assume he's got some plans about how he to has fix Mitt Romney's binder. binders full of women. He has one binder. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same binder in every photo, but he poses with the binder sometimes in front of dozens of people. That's where the secret. values, yeah, the values are written down in that yeah, binder, yeah. which are also Goals. German state secrets because they unfortunately because may overlap to some Nazi shit. <laughs> yeah, like the, you want to see what's in the binder? Vote for me. I'll show you then. <laughs> Any other good finds, Rob? Um, yes, but I feel like they're best revealed at a at a future point in time. Um, <laughs> Rob chooses much, mu- much like the contents of the binder. Ah, <laughs> uh, can we get like a picture, like the first picture of Rob ever posted? It's just him with a binder. <laughs> Rob is a child <laughs> with a binder. As <laughs> a child, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the binder labeled um, Freya Vela jokes, <laughs> future Freya Vela tweets. Yeah. They're not in the Bundestag yet, but when they do, yeah, it's like when people save, like, have tweets drafted for when celebrities die. Rob just has like tweets drafted when various Freyvela politicians get elected. <laughs> well, right now is the time to buy. Is all I want to say. Get in on the ground floor of this movement. <laughs> this is like owning McDonald's stock in 1955. Oh no, Rob has turned all the Freyvela or the, all the pictures of Joachim Streit into um, what are they called? Non-fungible tokens. <laughs> Rob sells a picture of Joachim Streit for like 20 million in wow. London. <laughs> oh. What did everyone do for Patty's Day? Anyone do anything fun for Patty's Day? I was Talk on to the stream you. with you. Yeah, yeah me too. I was You're the stream. highlight of our St. Patrick's Day here. Yeah. I'm talking to a real Irish person. I talked person. to an Irish person, yeah. Oh. Me too. 
Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm like, you're your... like kind of required by law, so don't get too flattered, Kira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if it changes, I do. That. I do believe that that I will have a year of bad luck if I don't talk to an Irish person on St. Patrick's Day. So <laughs> I think that's, I that's like a fact. <laughs> I'm already pushing it without like my tradition of rubbing Kieran's belly on Patty's day to Aww. like for good luck. That's fun. <laughs> well, I knew that that was a tradition, and I did it like I motioned towards uh, Kieran's house, which is our version of Mecca. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Patty's day at five o'clock, you have to pray towards Kieran's. Belly. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, the the fun thing that happened in the EU, which is apparently big news, is the European Court of Justice. Uh, delivered a verdict in Irish on Paddy's day, wow. which is like not very impressive. It's mostly just like numbers because he's just like reading case numbers over and over <laughs> again. But uh, it's about a guy sued the European Court of Justice, or like at a European level, for saying that packaging for dog medicine in Ireland should also be in Irish, like as well as English. And they're like. Yeah. That's a really weird... Very specific. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> That's also shows what like, the EU thinks of Ireland. Is that like, oh no, we're just going to go about just very normal business, not make like, you know, any, like, anything special out of it. Just the first thing that comes over our table is we're just going to say it in Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And it was like, oh, now there's trial about various people who uh, committed war crimes in Northern Ireland in the 90s. No, we're not dealing with that. <laughs> Um, yeah, this yeah. is the thing that like Trump was actually really good about is that it, whenever there was like a holiday for like a group of you know white people who were not from the United States, Trump would always invite um, on one of their holidays like a member of state from that country that then has those Americans you know the heritage, and then would yeah, like yeah. make up a random holiday for them. Well, Biden is continuing that tradition because he declared it Irish History Month on Frauentag. Oh, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's good. It's not like that's a women's month, but it's no, fine. No, no, no it's, it's, I'm sorry, Julia. It's Irish History Month now. <laughs> the I Irish were the first women. You at actually. some point, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, um, how the Irish became men by uh, knowing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So that's that's been good. Uh, Rob had some fun with um, Joe Biden's uh, St. Patrick's Day address. Keeping it going, it's true. He loves Ireland. <laughs> he loves the Irish, and that's uh, my main issue. That's why I voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing he posted about, like the Greeks? Yeah, he said about the Greeks. He, he said that the Greeks have uh, the best rice pudding. And well, he said his grand, <laughs> his aunt Bertie or Gertie, I should say, made yeah. the best rice pudding in the world. No offense to the Greeks. <laughs> so it's it's a layered comment. Sorry, Nick. which <laughs> implies that the Greeks make very good rice pudding. I mean, like I've I've said on the show, I did not vote for Joe Biden, so uh, uh, there is a reason for that. And I can see it yeah. now. <laughs> I knew it. Also, yeah, also because Joe Biden somehow also connected to this weird CDU CSU getting into Nick's headspace of making these, these parties anti-Greek with their like Armenian, or no, sorry, with their Azerbaijani and like North Macedonian lobbying that they're getting. <laughs> yeah uh he's just joe biden sitting around like at, i don't know at like nagorno karabakh just being like you know no offense to the armenians but the irish make the best rice pudding exactly you didn't then finish you the story with the with the eu thing so it was about dog food 
<laughs> no, it's about dog medication. Like, ah, like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like, That's there's an important. argument to be there. Like, you should put medicine in every language or whatever for like accessibility purposes. <laughs> oh, okay. The the fun thing about that story though is that like you know like they did this court like they ruled in his favor and said it has to be in Irish and we're going to rule we're going to read the verdict in Irish and like oh it's Paddy's day ah uh, uh, but like the EU observer noted that like yeah this is just like a temporary moral victory because there's something in the EU parliament that will overturn this. So some anti-Irish discrimination specific. There's some anti-Irish sentiment EU Parliament draft bill. Yeah, I hate. It'll when be that illegal happens. to be Irish. Yeah, they just they have well-founded fears that you could accidentally cast spells by speaking Irish in Brussels. Mm. You don't want that to happen. That's what happened when the law passed. Actually, that's why he said it. So the law would become legal. He said it in Irish because it's magic. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome to your weekly free Cornish baby. If you want to get the good stuff, you have to pay for it. But this <laughs> is the free stuff, so we're not going to try. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. This is going to be me ranting about stuff. You'll see. Anyway, I'm here with the full gang. It feels so good to be back again. I'm here with Yulia. Hello. Nick. Hello. And Rob. Yeah, that's me. And we're ta- we're doing a bit of a grab bag today, as you probably could tell by that cold open. Maybe we'll see what Nick does with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's called I, I I still you don't know actually. I'm, like anxiety is building. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that. Like, okay, you can't see that, but we have the Skype call open, and Nick does very uh, does look very anxious. <laughs> luckily, very yeah, luckily I, I have two very days to deal with this, and the worst thing is, is that that if I just hate it, I can just delete it. Like very sad and disappointed in us. Are you disappointed? <laughs> no, um, no. Good. I'm good. All right. At the end of the podcast, everyone, no matter where you are, where you're listening to this, if you're on like a bus, if you're at home, just say out loud, "Sorry, Nick." <laughs> <laughs> we will hear you. Yeah, I'll um, hear your collective cries. <laughs> It's a bit of a grab bag. We're going to be talking about some like Danish bullshit and like uh, COVID and stuff. But first, we're getting into some very, very important stuff. Um, definitely not just like a weird vendetta I have. Um, the Dutch elections happened and we will do a full proper episode about the Dutch elections. Uh, some people, some patrons actually uh, messaged me saying they would get me in touch with some people from a communist platform and I would love to talk to them um so just a shout out do that i want to talk to them let's have an episode a proper episode about the netherlands because it seems fucked um especially in these elections uh the right gained all the left lost um the anti-racist party i like got one seat that's all i was hoping for that should give you an idea of how bleak this whole thing was important to set proper expectations in life i know right still can't pronounce their name but they seem good um (laughs) I think it's like B-N, something like that. Anyway. Uh, but the thing that, like, because I couldn't be happy, um, the th- another thing happened, which is Dutch Volt of Volt fame. Um, they got three seats. Yeah, like, this- like the Volt, like not, not like, yeah. like, yeah, like the pan-European party that we talked about for an entire episode. Not the, de- um, not that- the delivery service. <laughs> yeah, not the delivery service. That was founded by McKinsey and seemed to be entirely like, what if we use, what if youth took over politics? That would be yeah. so cool. 
cool. It would look a little something like this. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, this is just a vendetta to the entire nation that is the Netherlands. Why did you have to give Kieran this? Why? Why did we have to hear more about this? Yeah, people were like asking me in Discord and on Twitter when the like first polls came out of just like Volt will now be included in polls in the Netherlands. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. So I was afraid they were gonna get one seat, but no, they got three. So fucking Oh wait, wait, wait. Three is a group. How many seats are there in the Dutch Parliament? A hundred and fifty. Okay, so three's actually like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the first thing you need to know about Dutch politics is it's incredibly fractal. Um, I think I have the results. Uh, where is it? I have them here. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen parties in the mm. parliament. Kieran had to use his toes for that one. I did have to use my toes. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, Rob, I have 17 toes. I know what you're saying. Um, But yeah, so three seats is actually annoyingly good. Um, It's worth pointing out, though, that like it's harder for Dutch politicians to get elected at the European level because they only got slightly more votes than they did in the European elections. And the European elections, they got zero MEPs. Um, But yeah. Well, the other big um, thing that happened, I mean, like a shift was the D66, which seems to be like just, I saw several people being like, like Dutch uh, articles being like, how are they different than D66? Because they're already the, um, you know, liberal party um, that I guess is what Volt stands for. Uh, But Volt has the the youth skin on top of the policies. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the story as old as time with like Volt in any european country is that there's probably a party you could have already voted for like i think nick has mentioned before on twitter that like these are just yulis like volt deutschland is basically yeah. Just yulis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um i mean probably a bit less scandals about i don't know selling children or something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all love to shed the child selling scandal yeah. <laughs> the uh the thing though that at least fault is the children the FTP sold (laughs) (laughs) entering politics yeah we we are the children you couldn't sell (laughs) (laughs) the ones that got away yeah I I guess that then like if I view it that way though sometimes I can't be too mad that Volt gets support then like I do want the the FTP to fracture like that'd be kind of sick just hmm. saying, I want the FTP to beca- to get less yeah. than the five percent. So if but this the, is the, the way un- that that happens, that's fine. But the unfortunate thing, if you look at Germany, I don't think that the void people are necessarily no, people not. that would vote for the FTP. They're oh. more like like centrist and very ex- European, like excited centrist. Mm. I think yeah, consulting is a great SPD idea. People. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I think yeah. what's they, they, what's annoying people about that love them, technocrats. <laughs> well, yes, they're people who like go through their life and probably would be otherwise apolitical, and they're like, I've never had a political party directly speak to me and tell me I'm great, <laughs> yeah. and now that's yeah. here, so I will vote for you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you're right, uh, Rob. I think the only discernible difference that people could find between them and D66, which for people who don't know who D66 is, it's Volt, but like 
established and like well actually like if you want full things to happen you can just vote for d66 and then who are the second biggest party in the parliament mm-hmm. now and so yeah yeah um people thought there was a chance they could have like mi- like had been the next prime minister um yeah. before the who is still our old friend mark Hutta, who uh yeah. resigned who did the classic uh we gotta have a come up with a name for it like the the, the euro shuffle when you when you resign and then call elections or the elections were already scheduled you resign like five months before um elections yeah. and then gain a, a bigger uh majority plurality than before <laughs> classic will, once merkel resigns he will be the longest sitting head of state in uh in europe mark rutter after so orban weird. i think uh maybe you, orban yeah he, no i think orban might be newer I, i'll have to look that up but he's already been in there for 10 years and unless snap elections are called or whatever he'll be there for another five now um there's a good there's a good chance from rumors i've heard that he might be pushed out even though his party will still be in charge and someone else from his party will take over but yeah yeah, we'll talk about that later when we cover. Don't Dutch let politics. them get you, King. I think that you can yeah. beat Merkel's record. Yeah, go for it, Ruda. We believe in you. Uh, please don't. You ruined the Netherlands, from what I can tell. Anyway, um, we they got three Volters in um, because they weren't expecting that to happen. I couldn't really find anything about the third guy they got in, Ernst Bootkan, uh, Bootkan or something. He has less Twitter followers than me, so. Uh, um low b solidarity i'm sure you have funny <laughs> tweets yeah, 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 yeah uh i i I think that will change now that he's elected or whatever but the other two are like your classic volt people uh lawrence dassen is a, a bi- business administrator that worked for like uh the netherlands second largest bank and um then the second seat went to neil uh it's a turkish name nilafer uh Gunduan. Gunduan. Uh she was a project manager. So again, Volt really leading into their whole PMC thing. Um she has a great quote actually. This globalized world is complicated, and instead of reducing politics to simple slogans, something Volt never does, <laughs> I want to tell a voter the whole story. Um so that's good, I guess. Or whatever. Um the main reason they got a boost in the polls is that like like a week ago or so, a bunch of like journalists and people with public profiles said you should vote for Volt. Um, and I'd like to go through those people with you guys now, if you don't mind. Yes, Please. Please. Sounds yeah, like yeah. nothing sketchy here. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, uh, the first we have is uh, Geert Mack, who's like, he, he, he's... He was born in 1946. He he did like a book called In Europe, which is just about how like I'm in Europe's Europe. Hey. <laughs> Sold 500,000 copies, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um British reviews were generally enthusiastic, but uh, <laughs> a guard a Guardian reviewer says In Europe hardly breaks new ground historically. So that's that's the review of that book. Uh just like positive like vibes about how Europe is good or something. So he endorsed it. Um, that's not necessarily super surprising. He's like a kind of public intellectual journalist kind of guy. Nothing huge there. The next person to endorse it was a TV presenter called Xander Schim- 
No, bear with me here. Sander Schimmelpenick. <laughs> what? No. What? Yeah. Oh, for full name, Xander Cornelius Graf Schimmelpenick. Oh, okay. So he's right. he's royal. Yeah. Oh yes, he's royal. <laughs> Schimmelpenick is a descendant of the noble family Schimmelpenick, <laughs> son <laughs> and son of the former steward of the Twinkle Castle. Mm. Um, wait, wait, this is real? Yes, you were just I'm making like, this up. I no, just. It's true. I just checked it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I fact checked yeah. Kieran, but it's true. <laughs> no, you're 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 lying to me. This isn't real. You're you're just making up a fucking like fairy tale ass names that are really bad, trying to make them uh, fake German and try to convince you that this is a real thing. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. Tvickel is a protected historic country estate with 81 complex parts near Delden in the hamlet of Deldencrest. Uh, in the municipality of Hof von Twente, in the province Twente. of Overjesel. You're just making up fake Nazi names. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, the not... subtitles read Dutch noises intensify. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he's a... Um, God, like, a lot of his, his uh, genealogy reads... There's literally someone in here called... Uh, Albert Hieronymus Count Schwimmelpeg. Oh, that's his father. <laughs> that's his father. <laughs> and his, oh Jesus, his mother's name and radiologist Marie Lisbeth Henrietta Helena Schwefers. Um, he grew up in Dippen, Diepenheim. God, I, I love this whole this whole paragraph, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he he also did some he did some Erasmus in uh, uh, in Milan. Of course he did. So, <laughs> so he, you can tell that from his the way he wears a uh, shirt's open collar now. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, why why he lo- that's why he loves. That's why he loves Europe now. Yeah. After doing Erasmus, he was like, oh, "Well, yeah. the thing was, I got a hand job the, in Milan. Yeah. He yeah. saw the cover of that. He saw that cover of that conservative magazine of of Italian uh, uh, Stalin and his influencer wife on the beach, and was like, "I need that for myself." <laughs> We will get to that, Nick. That will weirdly come up when I go through some of these other people. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you. I love you, Europe. Everything, um, you know, Europe's just a small place. Everything relates back to Italian Stalin on the beach. You know, it is true. We, we, Europe is a, it's, it's smaller than you think. You know, We're always coming back to the same people somehow. Yeah, it's almost as if like, there's still weird landed gentry in this country called fucking... Schwimmel panic. I, I, I keep I, there's too many consonants. I keep losing track of it. Um, so yeah, he's like a TV host for uh, VPRO since uh, and before that he was on WNL. These are relatively big channels uh, our TV shows. Um, just doing the news. So it's weird that he made like a public opinion, but I guess that's fine. He's also a columnist for Dave Volkskrant. Um. He also has a big podcast with his college yes. friend. Yes. Bigger than ours? Here Bigger we than go. ours? <laughs> I mean, they have a Wikipedia page. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is called Self Hyphen. There might be a, like a naming theme mm. there. Talk about uh, what you know best. Yeah, the self. What's, what's Yamp? Oh, yeah. His co host also has a. Uh, he's a singer. His co host is a <laughs> singer. He also has like a long ass. Oh, no. Uh, just stop it. I. I <laughs> Care. <laughs> anyway, this guy is saying vote vault. Um, this weird land landed gentry rich millennial business freak. Um, so he's saying vote vault as well. 
<laughs> the next in our um, in our line of uh, beautiful idiots is Rob Win- Weinberg. I don't know how to do IJ in a, a yeah. It's Weinberg. it's like I. I J. Oh, okay. I think. I think it's I. I Weinberg. Weinberg. Okay. Uh, Rob Weinberg, who uh, is a journalist and philosopher. I, oh, w- okay. I want to. That's a, that's yeah, a bad combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I want to hit you, Rob, in particular, with some of this philosophy from him. Mm. All right, so, uh, I'll do my best. I want to hear. In his book, uh, In Dubio, two thousand and eight. Mm. Weinberg investigated the nature and limits of freedom of opinion. Hmm. He argues that freedom of speech is actually an impossible freedom, a freedom that requires boundaries, but at the same time rejects precisely those boundaries. Weinberg defends everyone's right to speak, quote, whether it concerns a call to ban the Quran, a plea for the legalization of pedophilia, (laughs) or simply calling a civil servant in office, the free word prevails. So yeah, he's like a weird free uh, free speech guy. Uh, he he Those brought great he examples. To say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, why was he, he thinking about to... these? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's just uh, like, well, I'm not allowed to say these things. <laughs> yeah. He just um, first of all, if Volt is going to let me uh, impersonate German politicians that I would like to on Twitter, including using that fake that emoji that makes it look like I have a blue check, uh, I will vote for that. <laughs> <laughs> Rob has plans. Stay tuned at Leningraft on uh, on Twitter. Uh, strong endorsement. But the so here's the thing now, and here's where he became like a media darling. In 2013, he organized crowdfunding for a new journalism platform called De Correspondent. Right, so the Correspondent. Uh, it was a success in you know the Netherlands. It's like a regular publication it's kind of like weird it's like the jackman business model but like for weird liberal takes of just like slow journalism we're going to take it back a step and maybe put in a bit more due diligence right and he did this through crowdfunding but then then we get into the fun shit where he's tried to do this for the u.s and this is not really talked about all that much because the only way you can find out about this is you can have if you have to have access to weird um, media like analysis websites that say, I don't know, a UX researcher might have access to. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> go on. Uh, so the correspondent was this like big media campaign. We're going to launch an American publication. It's going to unbreak the news. That's what he was referring to. He did this mm. in, oh my God, when did he run this campaign? I want to say it was 2017. This was definitely like a post-Trump thing. Where they like, like had big flashy videos. They had Will I See, Am this talking is, on yeah, a camera. This is, this is something that when you have a really vibrant, uh, you know, social democracy, you can believe <laughs> that you can do things like this because you'll mm. fall on your ass, and at least you have health care. You yeah, know, you're, there is no way you're going to unbreak the American fucking media landscape. Sorry, I don't know Mr. when Dutch you're man. when you're a philosopher when you're a philosopher who publishes <laughs> a book about freedom of speech when you're 26. There's just other things. Um, um, this gets into uh, you know philosophy of knowledge. It's sort of like I don't know if I know the full story here. Yeah, I really like though that I now have accepted the Netherlands as the country. If I want to follow my really stupid dreams, I can do it there. Then. <laughs> you know, you I'm will not have to be successful. Small you will country, have to make big up opportunities. Uh, 
a fake name and pretend you're a you're a, a count yeah. from some you small might have to like Dutch island. Yeah. yeah, you might have to marry a lesser Schwimmelpeck or some Penek or whatever they're cool. called. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I that's what I I told my wife that you know you. I want to have like Schwimmelpeck, but <laughs> you'll do. <laughs> I mean, I want to have something that then's like as dumb as a startup idea, like level of stupidity, but just isn't a startup. Mm-mm-mm. I feel that the so, Netherlands is where I can go for that. I, w- I want to continue the story of the correspondent as opposed to de correspondent. Um, the correspondent, which was going to be like, we're going to do what we did in the Netherlands here in the US. And we got like, they also got like these, uh, what do they call them? Like, uh, brand like basically brand ambassadors yeah yeah prominent ambassadors what they had you want me to read you a list of the um prominent ambassadors yeah sure uh that they they got uh 538's nate silver oh nice he's uh, he knows how to pick them i mean yeah, yeah he job. does the creator of the wire david simon he's such a he's he's like a terminally online uh boomer yeah, um, he's yeah, no, yeah, true. he is. He, right. he actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, this name I'm not super familiar with. Um, Baratunde Rafik Thurst- Thurston, Thurston, American writer, comedian, commentator. Don't he wrote know. How to Be Black in 2012. Okay, mm. they they yeah. also got like a couple of people in the videos. They they had like, if I remember in the original plea to like crowdfund this, they had like Will I Am. They had like. A couple of those people who claim to be the founders of Black Lives Matter, but like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on with that right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, in, let's see, in April of 2019, all of those ambassadors published a public letter being like, yeah, we were duped by by Rob Weinberg. (laughs) Um, We were told this would be something that it wasn't. We told us that we were going to like, you know... Uh, let's see the correspondent US one. I felt like it was a betrayal, and we had raised funds on a false pretense. Oh! Um, First of all, welcome to business. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> the story also raised questions about the correspondent's use of the 1.8 million in runaway <laughs> funding. Uh, in runaway funding. Um, so yeah, some journalists kind of spoke up about this. I think Nate sent off a couple of tweets. Uh, people who backed it were like, "What the fuck's going on?" Um, so then some other stuff happened. In the beginning of 2019, uh, they had raised in total 2.6 million in crowdfunding for Unbreaking the News, the correspondent.com, um, and then revealed they were only going to hire one full-time journalist. Um, so yeah, there That's you go. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it became clear, like, according to analysis and people who were like, keeping up with this, it became very clear over time that this was not going to be its own publication, but largely just reprint what the Dutch uh, day correspondent was printing, but translated into English. Um, so yeah, they only had like one full-time journalist who's probably not seeing the majority of this money. And uh, wouldn't you be surprised to know that the correspondent, the American website, uh, stopped publishing December 31st of last year. I mean, you need uh, an exit strategy. Yeah. Get in, get your runway money, and get out. They won't know what yeah. hit them. Uh, Neilman Labs, who's who's done like most of the um, story on this in the English language anyway, could not really reach 
um, Rob for comments, Rob Weinberg. For a second, I thought you were referring to Rob. <laughs> Rob, why, why didn't you like? Why weren't you available for comments? I I pretended I could not speak English. <laughs> um, they just got like the only thing they had to go off was like leaked uh, staff memos of being like, yeah, we're um, we're 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 shutting up shop, and a large majority <laughs> of you guys are now fired. Or probably weren't hired to begin with. They were probably all contracted out. So this yeah, was really just one coked up night. We thought of this, and <laughs> all of a sudden, people gave us money. Uh, all I have to say about that is, um, uh, famous journalists posting their financial L's online. Bye. <laughs> I still have Will I Am's number. I will. <laughs> I mean, if you're getting Will I Am for your launch, that's that's some fire festival shit. Like you know, uh-huh. it's a you're like, are you actually serious about this? <laughs> that's a scam <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was very much a scam they had like these lofty promises that like if you became a paying member of the correspondent you could talk to the journalist directly and mm, like wow. you could participate <laughs> and you know but, you could suggest things for them to cover will, will yeah, i am himself would be like wait this this isn't a scam you you actually want to do something but you hired me <laughs> <laughs> i'm mostly here for scams <laughs> Yeah, so Rob Weinberg, who's still running the somewhat successful Day Correspondent, um, did do like an op-ed being like, here's why you should vote Volt. And (laughs) it basically came down to, yeah, all these other parties that are basically identical to Volt are great, but they're not as explicit about being pro-European as Volt is. So like, even though he was like, yeah, D66 is the same, or maybe like, Green links is better on green stuff. Vote fault because it's a vibe, and I'm Rob Weinberg. And then we get to the last person, and probably one of the most influential people who endorsed them. Uh, his name's Arian Lubach, who Sweet. people might be familiar with. Um, for Nick and everyone else, he's basically the Netherlands Jan Bommerman. Oh, um, yeah, makes yeah. sense. And Lubach is probably most famous for that viral video of America first, oh, Netherlands second. Oh, that trash. Oh, oh shit. Fucking damn it. Okay. A man it's of challenge. Soy boy shit. Uh, it is some fucking soy faced shit, and it is so fucking dumb. But yeah, uh, he's the guy responsible for that. But he's like your, you know, your political comedian on TV in the <laughs> Netherlands kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, he he backed Volt on TV and was like, they seem great, vote for them. Uh, but to Nick's uh, point about the magazine cover... How does this tie the... in? How does this tie in? <laughs> so, like, you know, he's, he's a public figure. He has political beliefs. Some of them I agree with, some of them I don't. Like, for example, he's personally a vegetarian. That's fine. Some Dutch people seem to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um... A cool thing about him is he's a very vocal Dutch Republican. He believes the monarchy is stupid. I agree. Yeah. The really weird and shitty political position that he has taken, though, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, is as the cool voice against authority on the TV telling you what, like, what's what's up with these stupid politicians. Mm -hmm. He's really, really, really against Eurobonds. 
and thinks the Italians oh, should suffer. What the fuck? What wow. a nerd thing to be into. Also, because the Netherlands doesn't have a fucking economy. I know, I know. But like, yeah, okay. Bl- he's also famous for blaming the citizens of southern European countries, specifically Italy, for electing anti-austerity politicians. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he's like a weird pro-austerity John Oliver. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with the Netherlands? Holy shit, they are the worst Germans. <laughs> oh, like, God. I just feel like, yeah, Bumerham wouldn't bring up this issue. No, like, yeah, Bumerham like, would be like, damn, austerity sucks. This guy's all like, all right, yeah. you know what's cool, right. kids? Uh, <laughs> you know, being pro the bizarre fucking anti-buyback program of the European Union. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, I just like the the fucking writer room at Neo Magazine Royale is just like you want to talk about euro bonds? No, there are no jokes here. There are zero jokes here. <laughs> you but know, like, I <laughs> I joke around a lot in this program, but it's time to get serious. <laughs> hit, the, hit, <laughs> hit the music. Yeah. But then <laughs> Zondag met Lubach was just like, yeah, fuck it, let's talk about Corona bonds. It's it's been a slow week, I guess. That was so, something yeah, that the Netherlands was like way too passionate about, like yeah. in mm. in utter stupidity. Oh yeah, yeah, they're really taking their like, uh, what is it, frugal four role very seriously. Um, anyway, he's like, he's probably the most honest one of them all. Who's just like, yeah, I'm like cool. I wear suits. I'm a vegetarian. I'm against the monarchy, but you know, fuck those swarthy Italians. Austerity is good. Vote Volt. So he's probably the most honest of all of these people. The only journalist I saw being particularly critical was a investigative journalist called Oke Ornstein, who got arrested in Panama a couple of years ago. Um, he's pretty cool. For but something he was good or something bad? Something good. Like he, okay. he's like I think he was investigating Panama Papers stuff before. Um, like okay. that I was even about came to say out. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was so, going to give him a pass either way. he did like a tweet thread being like why are people backing this party this makes no fucking sense they have like why are journalists backing this party they have like nothing on journalism for like a weird pro-european supposedly liberal party could you comment on orban like at least once (laughs) Um, so like there's things like that he also had a very good quote that i think was was good he talked about like oh, they make all these things talking about, oh, migration's good, blah, blah, blah. But they also want to, like, expand Frontex and give it more power. Of course. So he has a good quote of um, cosmopolitan cosmopolitanism for us, Frontex for them, as, like, the politics of Volt. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was, yeah. I mean, we talked... Wait, didn't we get into a Twitter fight because of that? <laughs> yes. yes, yes, we did. Yeah, exactly. uh, I think you did because that's when you started posting in German. I was like, yeah. he has got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's exactly what you said. Like they, they are. Yeah. Didn't they suggest yeah. like a Corona cruise liner or something? Yeah, yeah, like that? They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They wanted a yeah a refugee cruise liner. That's the most perverted fucking shit. Yeah. What if you have a refugee um, camp but it floats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously. Yeah. Well. Not that different than uh, than uh, some suggestions we're going to get to in a moment. Oh, yeah. When we get to Denmark. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the last little thing I'll say that I always love when... So, this is the first time Volt has entered, like, a national parliament. Uh, before we were talking on Mike, I was like, they're actually quite involved in a lot of local parliaments and, like, governments in uh, Germany. They got like 1% of the vote in Baden-Württemberg, which doesn't get them any seats, but entitles them to funding now. So stay tuned for that. 
Um, they might also get into the Bulgarian parliament this year as well because they're attached to like an anti-corruption voting list. So, oh, yeah. that's not like you can't be a thing founded yep. by a consulting firm and be against corruption. <laughs> Stop it! The, it's not even funny. You're just digging your yeah. own grave. <clears throat> well, but it's that, Bulgaria. Yeah, that Go is on, that is the that is the strategy for everything Western going to the East is an yep. anti-corruption thing. Yeah, or yeah, South. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, East or South, as long as it's. It's two different types of corruption. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a bad one. That's what the others do. And there's the, yeah. the one that you do, the business one. Yeah, business one. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to like pay the person at your DMV anymore to get preferential treatment. What we'll have is a series of lobbying groups to pay the person at the DMV to get preferential exactly. treatment. <laughs> um, so the fun thing, though, I like when Volt runs at anything other than a european level because we did in this in the last episode is the big criticisms of vault is they have like nothing to say about national mm. and local level shit um but when they do run at national and local levels they're forced to make positions and oh boy do they make uh, no. positions <laughs> yeah let's go um so first is for all their talk about like we need to fight climate change which is incredibly present in like the netherlands because it's going to be underwater in like two minutes yeah. um they have the second worst at like environmental position out of all the like 37 parties running in the netherlands so there's a lot of joint last place of just like we're not going to do anything fossil fuels rule they're just going to wave a stick at the environment the only thing they want to ban is state subsidies for fossil fuel companies. What? That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That's no getting, no like transitioning away from fossil fuels. No, um, wow. no exporting or working for fossil fuel companies indirectly. <laughs> like, you know, you can still make equipment for Royal Shell Company as long as you don't fu- <laughs> publicly fund Royal Shell Company. <laughs> That's not how you save the Netherlands. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Um, they also want to raise 2% GDP for defense. So they're like now a weird NATO party. <laughs> for why? Like in the Netherlands, though, no, unlock, like, why? <laughs> they That's apparently the... said innovation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the military is so good at innovating. All those new yeah. types of, yeah. um, you know. Military hardware. Yeah, yeah. Volt's yeah. just gonna yeah put a bid in for like eight F thirty fives for the Netherlands oh, for no reason. <laughs> but I mean, military. I mean, it's just one aspect of it. But it is so funny how so many of these parties like yeah show their ass when it comes to like anything NATO or military related. Like mm. we we really just want to want you to hire us. I don't care what the job description is. Just hire me. Like I don't <laughs> sure fuck it. I'll do I'll do that stuff. Like I mean, stop asking me this question. Yeah, I mean. Maybe they're interested in the military because of like consulting firms being very, you know, because they are they started from McKinsey. No, I so bet they're they had very, it. Sure. They're, they're, sure. they're like, oh damn, like Ursula did that. So I mean, no, that's for no, us. No, no. Military is for us. I bet the guy who's the head of the party or who's like the head policymaker is just a weirdo who's like really into like jets or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or tanks. Word of tanks. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Tanks aren't tanks aren't like cool and like techy enough. They're kind of old fashioned. Jets go fast though. <laughs> Vroom. Um, other fun things is they oppose national health care in the Netherlands. 
Uh, what? They think what the fuck forces, is this party? They have horrible uh, takes. <laughs> takes. Yeah. They're, the most, they're, they're like the purest distillation of neoliberalism. It's just not oh, even yeah. fun anymore. It's stupid. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking I mean, it's, grift. It's no surprise, though. <laughs> uh, they oppose uh, primary school teachers being paid as much as secondary school teachers. What? Finally, someone says it. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just the, hanging out. I want out, the market to decide teachers wages yeah uh, <laughs> kindergarten teachers are getting paid well all these kids are just crying and peeing their pants and they're all running around the classroom <laughs> they're they have it too easy yeah, i yeah. i gotta say it's yeah it's way it's way harder to teach uh, primary school kids than older kids yeah, yeah they have I mean, they have phones they at that the point they're just gonna be on their phone exactly it's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah they make the argument that like secondary school teachers have to know more oh my so god means, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. that won't go anywhere if you don't have a good foundation of people like of the kids already yeah. knowing stuff and that is yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> what primary it's a very uh, self-defeating uh bullshit yeah uh, but again weird neoliberal mm. pmc shit of yeah. just like your yeah. wage should be determined by your level of education not that's by, something like, yeah, very specific, I think, from the Volt people, too, because it's, like, heavily college-educated and, like, the kind of people who are, like, that, like, that is what they think makes them special. Like, they did well in school, and they're like, yes, and all those people who didn't do well should be punished. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, for bullying me. Um, so, one of the big issues of this election was housing. Uh, housing in the Netherlands has gotten, like, fucking insane um there's like they're a landlord party aren't they oh i'll get to that um so there's like a there's a huge shortage uh of housing there's like high-rise apartments are like being built in like a lot of the cities to like compensate but like even those apartments are going for like anywhere to 20 to 30 20 to 50 thousand over the asking price um so like it's it's getting pretty bad um and that was like to be on a two-year waiting list as well because the apartments weren't done being built yet. So like, it's a pretty fucked situation. So every party in the Netherlands was like, we need to build more houses, but then the details. So very specifically, Volt is like for, you know, we need to build more houses. This is a policy in the Netherlands, more housing, more housing, more housing. Uh, When asked about social housing, they were like, no. (laughs) So wrong kind of housing, (laughs) wrong kind of housing. We need to extract as much profit from this as we possibly can. Yeah. Do we make money with that? No, then it's not a thing. No, 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 no. And I think the ultimate uh, weird little thing that I found that I think perfectly emphasizes like Volt versus like decent left-wing parties in this country, uh, which there are only a few, mind you, but still, um, is there's a weird setup in the Netherlands where if, if you're in a relationship and you both work, you get more tax benefits, which is like the opposite of what happens in Germany. Mm-hmm. In Germany, if your like, partner is dependent on you, you get tax benefits. If you're like a single income household, which I think makes sense because you have one income split across two people. Um, in the Netherlands, it's the opposite, which is hilarious and weird. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, big topic of selection is changing that to be the opposite because why wouldn't it be? And Volt is like, no, we believe that if people became... Uh, you know, were in one-income households and got tax benefits, then less women would work. Um, so we want to like make sure that only double-income households get tax benefits and single-income households do not. Um, so that's fun. That's really fun. 
Uh, all the good parties kind of pointed out that when a partner doesn't work in a family, like at a job, they're probably doing work at home, like keeping the house, raising kids, that kind of stuff. The good so, work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, social reproduction costs, as, as you might call it. Um, so they were like, yeah, there should probably be tax relief for them. But no, Volt was like, no, everyone's got to work. Girl boss. Wow. Weird shit. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that's equality is if female uh, work is also commodified. That is uh, yes. women's work. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have to suffer with us. Um, so, yeah, that's Volt in the Netherlands. That's everything I have to say about them. Sorry, I took so long. <laughs> I should have expected that. This was not in the notes, but I, I once, once, like at about 10 minutes in, I thought like, oh, Kieran is a lot on Volt. <laughs> <laughs> always do. Always do. Um, I, I think it's good to talk about them. They're a small party, but like most press, like a lot of it was like TV interviews, radio interviews. Most of it was just like, so you're young. Like, there was, like, nothing of substance. No critique was ever being leveled against them except by, like, one journalist's tweet thread was the only thing that criticized Volt that I could find. And I have to say, uh, I mean, not knowing much about the Dutch Dutch culture, like, what's who's hip and who's not, the four people you read off sound like there is a certain kind of person they're going for who, like, all of the coolest, smartest people I like like this party. So yeah. I'm going to vote for them. Yeah, the guy who dresses like Jan Bummerman, but is Dutch, <laughs> um, or the, the the fucking the the I don't know Gaston from fucking Beauty and the Beast is also <laughs> voting for them apparently, who has a podcast now. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, but it's Volt. I don't know what I was expecting. I just have to update. Two years later, they're still weird and shit. Rich millennial party. Anyway, corner Spade to your number one volt source. Yeah, right. I think we can corner that market. I think we can corner that market. I'm I'm here for that. You guys are more than welcome to do that. I will sit <laughs> out. <laughs> um, should we talk about Denmark? Oh yeah. All right. So, what's the new law, um, Kieran? You you introduce that. So. Um, this is the a 2019 law that was brought in. Um, so yeah, this new bill, sorry, a review of existing legislation on combining parallel societies, the totally normal term that totally normal people say. Mm -hmm. um, Popular in Germany too. Yes, indeed. Denmark, so like us. Uh, the interior ministry proposed that a share of residents of non-Western, quote unquote, mm. origin in each neighborhood be limited to a maximum of 30% wow. within 10 years. Um, it's a lot of like hand wringing about like, please don't say the word ghetto. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we are reluctant to say the word ghetto. Yeah. I mean, so you said it, that it's an update to this 2019 law. The new um, line that people seem to be commenting on is yes, that these, uh, well, I guess no more, they're not called anymore quote unquote ghetto neighborhoods, although that's what they called them initially. Um, I think there's something like 15 or 25. And basically the government has, seems like even more with this update um like incredible powers to do what they want to uh change these neighborhoods um yeah they can say all they want of like i mean i think clearly um we can agree racist uh intentions but like even beyond that like they 
they just take the they just reserve the power to just kick people out of their homes <laughs> like that's like like in in what way um there's a good article in jacobin about this where of course denmark um as you learn from any uh interview with bernie sanders is a land of social democratic uh peace and happiness and there are a high number of publicly um publicly owned houses um and one part of this quote-unquote ghetto bill again you can't call it that anymore so dusting off hands theatrically problem solved is that no more than 40 percent. so if if a neighborhood is labeled a yeah ghetto um no more than 40 percent of the houses there can be publicly owned what if the number is higher than that you can sell them all off. So it becomes like under the, under the guise of like, yeah, fighting parallel societies. Suddenly there's this ability to like, you know, prime real estate because I mean, they're out of the market and you could suddenly like, what an influx, you know what I mean? Of, of new, um, houses. I, I don't know the specifics, but I could imagine this 30%. So, um, I think you said that Kieran, that they're saying to prevent quote unquote parallel societies in these neighborhoods, no more than 30% can be of, quote, non-Western origin. Yeah. I have to use a lot of quotes when talking about this. Um, but I could imagine that they have the same tactic. Like, how are you going to make a neighborhood change its demographics? We just yeah. kick people out of their house. So there's a lot of other, like, weird shit with this as well. So the 30% non-Western is one of four criterias. The other criteria is... Um, to be considered an at-risk neighborhood is 40% of residents are unemployed, uh, 40% or more. Uh, more than 60% of the neighborhood is, so this is not and, this is or, sorry, or more than 60% of the neighborhood are 39 to 50-year-olds with no sec- uh, secondary school education. Uh, crime rates three times higher than the national average is another one. Uh, or residents having a gross income 55% lower than the national average. So, yeah, it's also just like attacking the poor as well. Yeah. The other weird effects of this, and this is probably one of the most horrific stuff I've seen, is that if you conduct a misdemeanor and if you're from this neighborhood, it carries double the legal penalty. Yeah, that's a, that one is just, what is the um, rationale for that? <laughs> you just get more is it twice as bad if they do it no it's just giving them like i don't know it's like, oh five, you didn't you didn't know you were in the bonus zone yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the this is the danger the, the danger valley that you've entered this is the the, the hard level um yeah, yeah so like other thing is like daycare is mandatory for all children over the age of one if you don't get daycare for your like one year old or over your family allowance, your uh, like stipend from the government will be withdrawn. So there's also schemes in place to withdraw yeah. benefits. Well, that's a great uh, compliment. I mean, this. so maybe we should back up and say a little bit of the political. Our listeners probably know because we talked about it before. Um, mm. In 2019, there were elections in Denmark and the Social Democratic Party with some parties, you know, on the left, quote unquote, um, supporting them, like in the coalition. Um and they basically, but the this uh, ghetto law um, was being formulated before they took power, and is basically only gotten more stringent. I could say, yeah, uh, in the years since. And so, 
I don't know. A, lo- a lot of talk was like, yeah, they're being kind of populist, or you know, they're co-opting the language of the right in order to talk about economics more. But yeah. it really puts a lie to that, um, you know, trade-off that supposedly, ah, you have to make this uh, devil's bargain or something to to reanimate social democratic politics in Europe. When you consider the fact that, yeah, this is a. I mean, we already talked about the fact that. This is an opportunity for private developers to just, you know, seize <laughs> to, to develop assets, and B things like uh, how is this measured? Like how integrated you are into again, quote unquote, in, mm-hmm. in in Danish society. It's like testing: Are you in daycare? Are you in your Danish uh, Danish values class? Like it's all funding and means testing tests that like you know kids take to see like <laughs> how Danish are you? Um, like it's a it's a system of like this like classic means testing that you know many who live under social democratic uh, governments in in europe or maybe the united states have come to uh, know and love that like i don't know it's like the fact that the way to enforce this is all of this points towards a increase uh, in i'm trying to find the right words because all it is is just like more ways basically to fuck you over, <laughs> to fine you, uh, to get police to kick you out of your house, to yeah take you off some benefits. Um, I mean, we just talked about uh, the Netherlands before this. <laughs> like, I mean, the governments are just inventing any way to quite literally nickel and dime, although the, the values are a lot higher than that. Um, people out of like anything just for doing something wrong. Yeah. The... Um there's a similar uh, related thing related to like this. I think the overall plan is called like a Danish integration plan or whatever. But one of the things they're doing as well is they're offering like cash payouts to people who return, like to asylum seekers or uh, uh, non-nationals in total who are not uh, to go home, to go to their country of origin. Um, This is the thing the German government was doing for a minute. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities here with other with other policies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think if you the... remember the uh, the posters that were oh, around yeah. in like 2017 or so, that was like, was to, like that, yeah. go home. And, and a list uh, of like suspiciously non-white flags. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it was like that the um the I forget which which um ministry it was which is give you money to like help in you Germany? get back yeah yeah i'm ministerium well that's course. what they call it it's in ministerium but it's like yeah, yeah. the specific uh yeah seehofer heimat ministerium yeah. thing that you would get uh you get money from them to get your yeah, ass back to, home to go back yeah literally the uh, trailer park boys meme of i will give you 20 bucks to fuck off yeah exactly yeah. um the interesting side effect of this is the racist r- far right party is now opposing these legislations for a very particular reason, and a very funny reason to give some levity to this topic. Um, the Danish Volkspartei, um, Danish People's Party, is championing the rights of a bunch of um, old Danish men who. Um, let's say, under particular circumstances, have a bunch of Thai wives who are taking the cash handouts and leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
So that's uh, you don't think there's anyone backing your issues in the Danish party? Again, yeah, the social uh, the 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 Danish People's Party, um, they're really just they're flexible. You know, they're here to support. uh, They're there to listen to their constituents. If their constituents are mad that their (laughs) that their wives are are leaving or are are taking money and leaving, you know, they're there for you. Uh, They're a great example of like that the military puts a lie to any kind of like populism talk because. One of their first, obviously, they got much bigger in in 2015, but they were kind of around before, and they were, I think, their votes were the deciding votes in 2003 for Denmark to join the 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 coalition in invading Iraq. So you know, mm. really being uh, you know a people's party there for for Denmark. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a bit of an upsetting. Yeah. Denmark update. Well, I I wanted to add a bit more. I'm sorry it gets more upsetting yeah. on on uh, immigration <laughs> specifically because we talked yeah. a lot about yeah, housing and um yeah, I mean just like a constant control and surveillance and inside the country. But Denmark is making again under since 2019 under the the social democratic government, they've been pushing even further to the right on immigration. So and this is, has an interesting tie to the past uh, Minister of uh, Integration. Uh, her name is, I have to pull it up, uh, Inga Stoiber. I don't know if you've heard about this, but she just uh, got impeached. Th- this is the, um, so I don't know, I think it's similar to in the US, like she's impeached and so now they're going to hear the case. Um, she was the, the Minister for Integration under the previous government and she's being impeached for her, ch- for her um, uh, people applying for asylum separation policy. Does this remind anyone of other countries, perhaps, separating people uh, at the border? So her yeah. policy was, they called it the child bride, quote-unquote, policy, because it was something like if a if there was a couple and one was over 18 and one was under 18, they would separate them. Um, I don't have all of the details, but this is basically illegal <laughs> in, in Denmark. Um, and I think it had the... the you know the consequences you can expect people families were separated and um yeah is uh chaos um children were separated from parents everything um so she's being impeached and and it seems like for all the new news that comes out especially from the social democrats point of view they just like i mean her trial is like ongoing or like it's in between the impeachment and the actual trial uh the social democrats can just point to her and be like you know we're taking care of business here you know, so honestly, not unlike the Democrats in the U.S., like where we solve the problem that the yeah. the bad people were doing. Uh, meanwhile, the current minister for integration, one Matthias uh, Tesfe, he said in an interview that Denmark is aiming to be a zero asylum country, um, and that they are taking steps uh, to reach that goal. And it's funny. There's an interview. There was like a debate between the leader of the Social Democrats or the current prime minister and the. I think the former leader of the Danish People's Party, and the Danish People's Party gets up and does their like anti-immigrant, you know, screed, and the prime minister gets up and says, you know, we really thank the Danish People's Party for bringing this, uh, you know, important issue that to everyone's <laughs> attention that we are now dealing with, and so then they can be like, we solve the problem. Don't you like that, voters? Oh no, yeah, yeah, that's. That has some parallels, all right. Not much to laugh in in there. Uh, oh, th- what I referenced before is that another plan is to externalize, uh, quote their words, all asylum applications. So they're not done in Denmark or the EU, oh, no. uh, which means where would they be done? 
<laughs> I mean, Denmark already has like you know basically uh, refugee camps where people you know are just stay in limbo for years. Uh, so they clearly don't want uh, people to get into the country, and so like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll still do your application. You'll just be on another continent. Don't worry. Or on the Volt, the Volt uh, cruise ship. That's what I'm yeah. saying. There could be some opportunities for some synergy here. A little yeah, collab. Like, was, it, was it Orban <laughs> who had that stupid plan of just like we should make a city for this in Libya? Uh, <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> great yeah. plan! Great plan. Just like a, a an asylum processing city in Libya. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I just want to say that the only good thing I've seen from Denmark recently is that um, the left party, like the actually left party that's supporting this uh, social democrat party, um, managed to push for a committee to investigate the viability of making all companies in Denmark worker owned. So we've got a That's committee. Cool. We got a committee, everyone. <laughs> I I also felt this was necessary after um, doing the movie about Denmark and how great you know you can just get drunk in Denmark. So I have to have to pierce the bubble there a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, totally that. Like, you know what? Like I'm all Dan- about holding myself accountable. I feel like the Danish People's Party position are just like these people who are coming in. They're not Western. They don't get drunk. Um, <laughs> therefore, we need to. Uh, do horrifying cruise ships it would have been agency it would have been funnier if so like in the movie they're like uh you know like a, the the music teacher the, the gym teacher history teacher it would be funny if they were all danish values teachers just like hammered <laughs> at school <laughs> teaching babies <laughs> again because you have to start taking it from when you're one year old uh about danish values the, i've seen i've seen like the norwegian values classes they're so fucked it's just like showing it's just showing like afghani men just like pictures of danish women and just yelling respect her at it and it's just, it's all wow. very gross yeah it's weird um they're not good the nordic countries they have their problems so that was a, a an episode about um europe's two liberal darlings uh the netherlands and denmark and how they're perfect countries and it's all fine uh we are doing more stuff on twitch.tv forward slash corner spatey uh, and we're going to try keep that up in the future of euro vibes if you have any euro vibes send them to me on twitter or rob rob also has control of the playlist um if you want to get on rob's good side send rob a Harlem shake video <laughs> he really likes them <laughs> we can bond the, over it uh, the, the less views the Harlem Shake video has, the better Rob will probably like it. <laughs> I will say, we, we talk a lot of like um, politics, uh, you know, nerd stuff on the podcast. But in the same way, there's like visual and audio listeners. Like maybe you don't get the vibes we're talking about with all this like nerd stuff. So just like sit back, watch the stream, and you'll be like, oh, this is what they mean with <laughs> yes. videos of. Uh, French commercials from the 80s and sexy chips I love how many like Peugeots have been running from danger all the time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I found I found a personalized train transport that exists on a Swedish island I put that into the vibes playlist that's very funny I I just really want to listen to uh, the thing about uh, 
the public transport um, system. Oh, in Novosibirsk. Oh, that was so nice. And I want to do it as ASMR before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if you have any Euro vibes, send them to me. Uh, if you don't know what a Euro vibe is, you can still watch the last two Euro vibe stream on twitch.tv forward slash Cornish Beatty. And you can start following the Twitch channel to get notifications of when we go live. We haven't got a set date yet or like a regular schedule, but we'll hopefully figure that out soon enough. And beyond that, uh, subscribe to Patreon to get an extra bonus episode every week, patreon.com forward slash Cornish Beatty. And I'll do an ad for that again soon where I put on another Sonic the Hedgehog impression. <laughs> um, and yeah, New Dawn by Melty Brains. That's the theme song. We'll see you, I don't know, Friday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, Friday. <laughs> that, that day. Sure. Yeah. See you next Friday, Conf. Ha, 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 ha.